Whoop, whoop, whoop. So many exciting things to tell you. I'm going to keep it short and simple. Number one, my book is now free, a digital version of my book, Building Simple Habits to a Healthy Me. You can just sign up and get it for free. Number two, come and say hello on Instagram. I'm having fun on Instagram doing exciting reels. Number three, I have four amazing packages for my Positively Healthy program called Magical May exciting exciting if you want to find out more book a call and let's chat and lastly remember radiate and renew four simple habits simple but mighty habits is starting may the 15th so come and sign up for that are listening to Fit and Fabulous with me, Dr. Alina Kerrick, paediatric doctor turned weight loss coach. I help busy, ambitious mums overcome the frustration of not losing weight. I teach them to eat and live healthily, to look after themselves and feel fit and fabulous. If you want to lose weight by eating healthily, I invite you to sign up for my free roadmap, three easy steps to weight loss for busy mums. Just go to my website, drorlina.com, that's D-R, O-R-L-E-N-A dot com and you'll find it on the homepage and in the sidebar. If you're interested in working with me as a weight loss coach, you can find out more and book a chat by going to the coaching tab. I also have a healthy recipe service, My Kitchen Miracles, that I created for my clients and have now opened up for everyone healthy recipes that will support your weight loss goals and provide your family with healthy, tasty foods. You can find out more in the My Kitchen Miracles tab. welcome. Today I'm super excited to welcome Katie Lush all the way from Chicago. Katie, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Today we are going to talk all about movement and incorporating exercise and movement into our day. But before we start, Katie, do you want to just introduce yourself and tell us what you do and who you are? Sure. Um, I am, like you said, in Chicago, downtown Chicago. I've owned... Chicago River North Pilates, which is a Pilates and gyrotonic studio for 15 years. And last year I launched an online studio called Lush Living and been able to, you know, help clients remotely and snowbirds and all that fun stuff and create different offerings. But otherwise I'm just a movement professional and I enjoy teaching movement. I love it. I think that, um, movement and exercise are two very different things. Then I love to um, educate people on movement and different types of movement. So something that I'm very passionate about. So thank you for letting me talk about it. Fabulous, fabulous. It sounds, Chicago sounds very, very exciting to me. And the way I came across you, well, you were in our summit, but also I kept in contact with you on Instagram and I love your Instagram little snippets. And one of the things that I remember you posting on Instagram, and this is why I wanted to invite you on, was you were talking about this idea that, you know, we do some exercise, we might go to the gym or the swimming pool or whatever our exercise is, and we might spend an hour doing that, but the rest of our day is really very sedentary. So we drive our to car, you know, we drive in the car to work, we drop our kids off, and really we're spending an awful lot of time being sedentary, even those people who do manage to do some exercise. And that was something that was this kind of light bulb moment for me. 
Yeah, we actually have a term for it called exercise. It's like exercise sedentary, um, where it's exactly that, where you can work out for one hour of the day and assume that you're offsetting the many hours that you are not moving very much the rest of the day. And same thing, as soon as I learned about that concept, it was a huge light bulb paradigm shift of how I approach movement in my life, how I teach movement in my life, and how I can actually add more movement to my life with more frequency and maybe not a big bout of movement in my day. Exactly. And I have to say, I'm very lucky because, well, lucky on one hand, because I have to walk my children backwards and forwards to school four Mm -hmm. times a day. So I do get lots of movement in. And one of the things that I really think about is how our bodies are designed to be to to have movement in and actually the more we move our bodies the better they feel whereas you know it's nice to have a rest from time to time but actually we do feel much better we feel fit and fabulous when we're moving our body more and so I wanted you to tell us about amazing ways to incorporate movement into our day and I have to say before you start another thing I saw on your Instagram post was this really fabulous idea about doing leg lifts when we brush our teeth and I do it, and I absolutely love it. So can you start by telling us about leg lifts, leg lifts and teeth brushing, please? Sure. So um, it's another little concept that I like to refer to as stacking your life. And basically all that means is, you know, you've got a laundry list of everything you need to get accomplished throughout the day. You have to take your kids to school. You have to feed them. You have to feed yourself. You have to grocery shop. You have to run errands. There's all these tasks we need to accomplish to just simply get through our day. And how can we layer them in such a way that not only do we kind of kill multiple birds with one stone, but can also incorporate movement into those things. So you're already going to be brushing your teeth. That's sort of, you know, foregone conclusion. And maybe you do it twice a day. Maybe you do it three times a day. So how, like, if you're thinking about stacking your life, you would think about like, what else can I do in this moment, you know? that doesn't distract me from brushing my teeth or, you know, take away from, you know, the cleanliness of my mouth, but what else can you stack or layer within that moment to either get more movement or, you know, um, uh, and so the leg lift is really, you know, kind of what I chose where I was stretching my leg on my countertop (laughs) while I was brushing my teeth because my legs felt very tight that day and I was already going to be there for two minutes. But I also, a lot of times will do shoulder stretches same thing where, you know, and it also, I have an electric toothbrush, so I feel like I'm cheating, but I will switch hands. So then now I'm practicing, you know, some sort of dexterity on the other hand. So it's a little bit of a brain challenge as well. Um, and then I'll stretch each arm individually. You know, it's easier than having a standard toothbrush and electric's a little easier to switch hands, but you know, things like that, where you're already going to be doing it, but how else can you maximize that opportunity within that moment of something that's already built into your day? It's fabulous. And just to explain to people what the, the leg lift is, I'm absolutely amazed that you can do it on the countertop. So you lift your leg in front of you and you lift your leg straight. And actually, it's quite a difficult lift to do. It's one of the ones that in yoga, I have for years been thinking, I wish I could get better at this. 
Well, I do think bathroom counters runs shorter, <laughs> to say, right? And I'm about five six, but um, but yeah. So even just standing on one leg, I mean, you don't even have to really lift it. But even just balancing on one leg, you know, you're doing balance, you're doing some strengthening, um, you know, because you're brushing your teeth, it's a little bit more of a balance challenge. It's just anything that you can do to add a little extra oomph to that moment, you know. I mean, you can even do just a simple quad stretch. You could do a calf stretch. You could look out a window and give your eyes a little bit of a break from looking indoors, maybe at a screen for a couple hours. I mean, there's just all kinds of like very simple strategies and ways to just incorporate a little bit of movement into each sort of aspect of your day. Yes, and it's also, you talk about stacking, but it's also a habit stacking thing. And if you keep doing right. it, you're going to end up with that habit without thinking about it. That's that's what I'm working on. So I'm just doing the same thing. And, but I do love the idea about doing it with different hands. And I've been trying that as well. And it's amazing how my left hand is so clumsy compared to my yeah. right hand. Yeah. But, no, it's true. It's very true. So fabulous. Any other little tips like that that you have where we can do little things you know I say little but you know what if you brush your teeth twice a day for two minutes and Mm -hmm. I do 30 seconds on each so I swap legs that's 28 Mm -hmm. minutes a week and that's actually nearly two hours a month that's actually a lot of extra movement in a period of time that's actually that was some quick math but absolutely (laughs) no you're no and that's you know so um I think just for the people who are listening, I feel like there's this interesting cultural thing that we've learned that when it comes to exercise to like knock out this like solid 30 minutes to an hour is what you need to have for it to count. And with this paradigm shift of just stacking your life or just adding more movement throughout your day, small bits, but more frequently throughout your day, like you just did the math so rapidly, it adds up fast. And so, you know, the one hour a day, you know, you do that, you know, that's 30 hours in a month. So versus what you just did was two hours while you're brushing your teeth for two minutes, you know, you, you take those little opportunities that are small and short and quick, but you do something and boy, does it add up really quickly. And then in my opinion, it becomes more effective because there's more of it spread out over a longer period of time. You're not going to be so sore from stretching your leg for 30 seconds that you won't be able to do that when you go to brush your teeth at night. Maybe you go to the gym and you take a workout class and you work out so hard that your legs are then sore that the next day you can't actually do those same movements because you're too sore. You've overdone it. So it counts. <laughs> so yeah, I guess what totally. I wanted to say. And Those little you, bits count. You're less likely to not go because if you think, oh, it's just two minutes, you just do it because it's mm-hmm. only two minutes. Whereas if you think, oh, the gym, you might, you know, shake it off a few times. Right. Right. That's true. It's very so sorry, true. my question was, do you oh, have sorry. any more of those little yes. tips? Of, I'm sure you've yes. heaps of them. So... Um, I live in a city. I do have a car, but I walk a lot and I take a lot of public transportation. So that's my caveat to this answer. Um, so I walk to the train in the morning and i already have to walk and it's a seven minute walk and I cut through like a median that's sort of a natural terrain. So then I'm walking on the natural terrain, which gives my feet different inputs as opposed to walking on a sidewalk. So that's one way. And then, um, 
on my way home, if I have the time, I try to get off like two stops early. So I actually walk a bit home. Like it's usually about a 30 minute walk. So I just try to intersperse a little bit more movement and walking into something and my commute that's sort of already built into my day. Same thing like um, my son's preschool last year, I parked like a block away so that I, you know, we had to then walk into school and, you know, away from school. It was actually more convenient ultimately than me sitting in a carpool line. So just little tiny opportunities. Again, they seem so obvious when I say it, but um, that we have all these little, you know, it's like the parking at the last uh, parking spot in the parking lot of the grocery store. It's those little things that, again, they add up. You get a little outdoor time. You get a little bit more walking in. Maybe you're carrying your groceries or your kid's backpack, so then you're carrying something heavy, so then you're getting a little bit of weight lifting built into that opportunity. And it really doesn't take up a lot more time in your day. That is interesting. I always have this conversation with my husband when we go to the supermarket. And I have to confess, we don't go to the supermarket very often because we normally go to the farmer's market. But he mm-hmm. always parks... At the, the last one and he's like this is my my parking spot and I'm like why do you park there and not over there it's closer to the door mm-hmm. but he is right from that point of view on another note when we walk through town I'm always looking for the hills and I'm like well we should go up the hills or up the steps if you know you can walk mm-hmm. up steps rather than trying to keep it flat and he's right. the other way around <laughs> yeah no mine is the same <laughs> <laughs> um it's kind of like that joke of if you've ever gone to a big gym at, you know, five o'clock in the middle of a work week and you see all these people circling a lot trying to find the best parking spot when they're there to actually go to the gym and work out, it's just like the irony of it all is really funny. So um, don't be that person. <laughs> so, yes, looking for extra walking and also, if you can, uh, steps and hills. Yeah. I think absolutely, you know, again, Chicago is a very flat city. And so um, we jokingly, so the program that I studied under, it's called nutritious movement. And it's sort of this perfect description because movement can be nutritious, just like food can be nutritious. Um, You can have junk food movement, just like you can have junk food food. So, um, you know, when you're always in, you know, vitamin flat and level everywhere you walk, you need to get some, like, you know, you need to cross train and get some vitamin hill walking. So you just look at what you're supplementing throughout your day and what you're, you know, quote unquote, like overeating. Like if I'm, if I'm eating, you know, too much protein, then I need to, you know, maybe eat some more vegetables or whatever it is. So, um, you know, just kind of looking at it at that standpoint, like what are you doing the most frequently throughout the day? in excess that there's some other cross training opportunities that you have like walking on hills. That's why I try to walk, um, in as much natural surfaces that I can find. And, you know, and I, it's a city, it's a concrete jungle. So I walk on a lot of medians. Um, I try not to walk in flower beds, but you know, I do the best that I can to try to get some natural terrain under my feet because that's inevitably an uneven surface. And so my foot and ankle will have to work more, Um, and so it just gives you just that little extra cross training of, you know, always pounding the concrete. That is interesting. I've never thought of that before. And we don't have heaps of, well, we live, we go into the countryside, but in our little town, we do Mm -hmm. have parks. And so I could make my walk a bit more through the parks rather than on the pavement. Mm -hmm. So I will have to think about how to do that. Mm -hmm. And I guess as well, going back to the toothbrushing, that same thing can be applied to 
those jobs that you do washing up you know where you're standing you can just add movement into them whatever another good Uh thing I love is I'm now teaching my kids to do the clearing up after dinner and so we put on some you know fun music and all just dance do silly things and my children go oh my goodness Mm -hmm. mommy you're so embarrassing (laughs) I'm having a great time (laughs) absolutely we do dance parties on a regular basis and my children ask for them so absolutely it's just again we usually do it after dinner before bath time and the kids run around and you know we flip them around and same thing it's just another opportunity it's family time it's um play time it's uh, movement time you know you're listening to music so um it's just it incorporates a lot and something so small yeah and it's one of those things that the kids will remember when they're older yeah yeah it it is lovely to watch movies together but Mm -hmm. they won't remember the individual movies but they will remember those dance parties and those silly things and being embarrassed by their silly parents Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. That's a very that's a good point, though. You're absolutely right. I mean, I haven't thought about that, but you're absolutely right. Like, what will actually, you know, what experiences will they actually remember and retain? Okay. Any other tips for during the day? Oh, uh, what's another good one? You know, so you just talked about this with the um, uh, going to the farmers market versus the supermarket. That um, I. So, you know, same thing. I go to the grocery store and I try really hard not to use the, um, uh, like push cart, you know, I try to carry a basket and then, you know, if my basket gets too heavy, I can put it on the push cart, but it's another opportunity to, for me to lift something heavy. And then if, you know, that opportunity doesn't arise and this is potentially a little controversial is, you know, I will go somewhere with my children and one of them's two. So she still likes to be pushed in a stroller and I will ditch the stroller and carry her instead. And it can be really brutal and it can be really tiring, but then I don't have to go to the gym and do like an arm workout because I just gave myself one because we went to the zoo and after a hundred feet, her arms got very tired and that was the end of it. So, or my, her, my arms got tired. Well, she got tired walking. I had to carry her in my arms. So like, you know, it's just a great other opportunity. I do think being a mother is one of those useful things because your babies grow with you. So you start with this small baby and then gradually they get heavier and heavier. And luckily your arms get stronger and stronger. But on a a serious note, do you have any advice on how to carry heavy objects in a sensible way? Because just being aware of our backs and, you know, we aren't really designed to carry hugely heavy thing so do you have any advice for people on heavy objects yeah you know it comes down to adaptation you know it's sort of like you don't go out and run a marathon you train for a marathon you you know you have steps in a program and you run so many miles and you build your way up to that program it's the same thing with like anything else if you go from zero to a hundred percent you may have some issues as a result so um when it comes to carrying something incredibly heavy you know you either carry it for a very short amount of time or um, or you just choose not to. But when it comes to like mild things, like, I don't know, maybe you're carrying like, again, your groceries in a basket versus the push cart. It's all about variation where, again, if you're like you were saying with brushing your teeth, chances are you carry a lot of things in your right arm because it's maybe more coordinated. It's probably your dominant hand and therefore you're more likely to use it more frequently. 
So if you can deliberately carry things in your left arm, part of the cross-training aspect, but also because if you're always carrying it in your right arm, you're actually setting yourself up for like a repetitive motion injury. But if you can keep alternating, and so maybe, so like, let's say like a grocery bag. So maybe you carry it in your left hand and then you carry it in your right hand and then you carry it like, um, like you can carry a baby on your hip and you're holding it. And then maybe you can carry it with the other hand and then you keep alternating your carry. That is not going to lend itself to a potential injury in the future because you keep adjusting how you're doing it. So, um, same thing with backpacks. Like I wear a backpack almost every day. And so I deliberately will not wear it on my back. I will sometimes put it on one shoulder than the other. Sometimes I carry it in the front. Sometimes I carry it with my hand. Sometimes I carry it with the other hand. Sometimes I carry it in the crook of my elbow. So it's just about like, just keep changing it up and just don't throw your purse on your right shoulder every single day for 30 years, because that ultimately I see clients with this all the time. They, you know, many years later, they talk about how their shoulder and their neck are bothering them. And, oh, don't you believe I started wearing my purse on the other shoulder and my neck pain is gone. And I'm like, oh, well, that's a good fix. So, you know, it's just, again, it just seems so obvious. But when we get into these habits and it's just sort of like our go-to routine, and I think that we are all creatures of habit, you just have to think a little bit and be just a tiny bit more mindful of these opportunities. Yeah, and one of the things I think about mothers now I don't know it you correct me if I'm wrong but this twisting movement I think we need to be careful of having a heavy weight like a child and twisting so like that typical movement of putting your child into their cot we often do that you know we might pick them up and then swivel Mm -hmm. and I found that that made my back quite sore and I had to be far more conscious of picking them up and actually moving my entire body so moving my feet rather than just from my waist Mm mm-hmm I think it goes back to adaptation. If you, if you did it the other direction as an option, um, if your body wasn't accustomed to that motion, that's probably why soreness or pain occurred. Um, I, I try not to do any movement absolutes. That's my only sort of like that's probably where I run a little differently than some other camps when it comes to exercise and movement where I never want to say any movement is bad. There's ones that are better. Um, if you experience injury, don't do it, <laughs> you know, yeah, no, but you're but, probably right. I probably did do it always in the same way because correct. Yeah. And I hadn't thought about that, but I, I do laugh when you talk about, um, the shopping cart. So I go to the farmer's market on a Sunday. I love my farmer's market, but I am shopping for six people. So, and I get right. tons and tons of vegetables and I stagger hot home. I have a trolley. I shove my, mm-hmm. I had to buy an extra big trolley. So I've got all my vegetables in my trolley and then I've got two or three other bags and I literally stagger home. I'm like, I can't actually carry these things. I often call right. my husband and say, come and collect me, come and help me. And then mm-hmm. we divide it between the two of us. Right. No, I mean, and I think that that's fair. So Again, it's all about like working your way up to doing something like that. If that's even a goal that you have, if not, no big deal. Your husband picks you up in your home and everything's fine. But the fact that, you know, if I have to use a push cart, maybe I'll just carry one heavy thing and one arm, you know, and if I can sustain that for a long period of time, you know, I think that that's a really good thing. Um, But again, 
And it's about the, the way it, we think about it as well, because sometimes yes. you're absolutely right. We might be thinking, oh, I don't want to carry this because it's too heavy. But if you um, twist that around and go, actually, carrying this is helping me exercise my muscles and therefore I'm happy to do it, mm-hmm. then it makes it easier for you to want to do it. Correct. Yeah. And I think, again, let's talk about what's heavy. You know, what's heavy for me might not be heavy for you. So... For me, you know, my oldest is about 50 pounds and I can carry him on my back pretty easily, you know, for a period of time. And he'll sit on my husband's shoulders for, you know, about half of a mile and things like that. But, you know, we had to work our way up to it. So, you know, if I experience pain or injury doing that with him, then maybe I would do it with my daughter who's 30 pounds. And if that's too heavy, then maybe I just carry a heavier backpack and that's 10 pounds. And, you know, you just kind of you start where you start. It doesn't matter if, you know, maybe three pounds, carrying a three pound weight of something is heavy enough, then that's fine. And then maybe a couple tries later, maybe you can start carrying five pounds and you just slowly work your way up. But don't expect like, you know, if, if you're unable to carry something that's maybe 10 pounds, that's still a lot of weight. So respect that, respect your boundary. And then, you know, work your way up to it. As opposed to most people, I think just say, oh, I can't carry that. I can't carry heavy boxes. And you're like, okay, that's fine. Like, I understand that you've experienced pain or injury as a result of carrying a heavy box, but I wouldn't write it off completely. Well, another thing that you could do if you're set up like this is instead of doing one big shop in the car, if you can walk past somewhere, you can buy small things more frequently and carry them home. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, and, and, but at the same time, it needs to be like built into your day anyway. So I think, again, just the slog of trying to get yourself to the gym, you know, is, you know, you're taking time out of your day, you're driving somewhere or you're walking somewhere, you have a special outfit, you're paying a membership, you know, there's all these pain points that come with an experience like that. But if you're already walking home from the farmer's market and maybe you don't have as much stuff as usual, but then you stop by your favorite tea shop and chocolate shop or coffee shop. And you just kind of pick little things up along the way because you are going to already be walking home. It's again, built into your day and you're more likely to do it. Yes, absolutely. Now, what about people who work at a desk, which is probably the vast majority of people. You've got some fabulous tips for people who work at desks. Yeah. So again, um, this, uh, program that I followed under nutritious movement, Katie Bowman is the creator of it. And she kind of coined this phrase called the dynamic workstation. And she's a super producer. She's written many, many books, blogs, podcasts, had a certification program. I mean, she is, and she was like a one man show. So she was working a lot and she recognized that, you know, she still needed to produce, but to sit at a computer at a desk was, you know, becoming detrimental to her body. So she played around with, you know, what's called a dynamic workstation where she tinker, tinkered with her space and would maybe put a laptop on her coffee table and sit on the floor and do a little bit of work there. And because you're sitting on the floor, your body will give you signals to shift and adjust and move. And then you're working your core and you're stretching your legs. And, you know, every time you get up to get a snack or go to the bathroom, you know, you're basically doing like a lunge or a squat. And so you're getting some strength training built into that. And then she would offset it by standing, which a lot of people have learned about standing work desks. And it's a very popular thing. 
And I appreciate that because they're trying to shift away from a standard sitting desk arrangement. But I want to forewarn people that the reason at the Industrial Revolution, when there were conveyor belts of people, you know, working on items, putting things together, and people were standing, there was a whole host of injuries that occurred because of people standing for too long. And so, like low back pain, um, some of the edema in people's legs, varicose veins, you know, there's all these other issues that can happen from standing too long. And so everybody just movement. Correct. Exactly. Even though their hands might've been doing something, but they're standing kind of statically for a long period of time. So everybody just went to a seated desk and then that's sort of where we've been left with. So a standing workstation is great. You just want to be mindful of one, how you're standing at it, but two, are you able to keep moving a little bit while you're there? And then also don't be there all day, like stand at your working desk for like 20 to 30 minutes, then maybe sit in your regular seat and then maybe practice sitting on the floor, you know, and just keep varying it. Um, and you can also put like toys and props under your desk to stretch your feet, use an anti-fatigue mat so that when you are standing there for long periods of time, on a hard surface that can be really rough on your joints because it's an unnatural surface as opposed to, you know, standing in like hard packed dirt, that would be a softer surface. So anti-fatigue mats are really helpful in that regard. If you're wearing, you know, like a high heeled shoe, maybe can you kick your shoes off and just stand barefoot? Um, so yeah, so you can just keep, again, you want to be productive and you want to be able to either stand or sit or just be while you're able to, you know, get whatever project accomplished, that's important. And, you know, that's how people make money. And I don't want to um, take away from that. But there are opportunities, again, to intersperse really small movement. It doesn't have to be large, but small movements that don't take away from your productivity to create more of a dynamic workstation. Fabulous. Some amazing ideas. So the general message is small amounts of movement through your day are fabulous. And they're going to help you be fit and fabulous. Yeah. And they count. <laughs> they yes, definitely and count. that we want to be doing. I think it's a really important thing that you're talking about when people were standing, as opposed to if people were walking long distances, they wouldn't have had those problems such as varicose veins Correct. and stuff like that. And that's mm-hmm. typically because you're not getting movement. What we Correct. all need is treadmills whilst we're working. Right. Yeah. You know, there's treadmill desks. There's all kinds of really interesting variations these days. Um, and treadmills are kind of like to work on a treadmill. I think I would just find it. Me either. Me either. And honestly, like, um, I was talking earlier about junk food movement. I would consider treadmill walking as a junk food. It's like eating a Snickers bar. It's still, you know, if you're not going to go outside because it's, you know, negative 10 and it's windy and you know, you, you wanted to take a walk outside, but that wasn't really feasible for you. Walking on a treadmill is not the worst thing ever. It gets you movement, but it's not the most ideal movement. The most ideal would be going outside for a walk. So a treadmill desk, I like the idea of it because it's trying to get somebody to move, but it's not my first choice per se. I have to confess, I said it as a joke. I didn't realize oh, no. they were really no, no, it's, no, it's a legit, it's a legitimate thing. I know people who have them, and really? um, but you would have to go so slow. I would, I would have to go so slow because I feel like my vision would be a little, that's a whole other thing. Like your vision changes because your, your legs are moving and your brain is used to when your legs are moving that your, um, external, 
visual cues change. And, but if you're, you know, if your legs are moving like a static bike or a static treadmill and, you know, your world isn't moving past you, there's a brain interruption (laughs) that occurs. So yeah, I think it would just, it would throw me off too much. Me too. Katie, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Do you have any last words of wisdom to impart to us? Oh goodness. Um, you know, I think it goes back to mindfulness, right? As do many other, um, movement modalities, but mindfulness in a little bit of a different way. Um, just, you know, where can you sneak little bits of movement into your day? And again, just think small, start really small, like standing on one leg when you brush your teeth or, you know, parking at the last parking spot, carrying the heavy grocery item, just start with something really small that is very accessible. Cause I think a lot of this is accessibility. You could do it, you know, even if you had an injury that you could probably still carry something a little bit light in one hand. Um, and so it's accessible to all. And so there's really no excuse of why you don't do it, but then you just have to, you know, pay attention to what you're doing throughout the day and just find those opportunities. Fabulous. And where can people find you on the internet? Mm, where can people find me? Um, my website is Katie Lush dot com k-a-t-y-l-u-s-h um i have like a weekly email with like a lot of these tips and some videos and my blog and some other fun interesting um movement ideas i am obviously on instagram and i tend to hang out there most (laughs) and so my um handle is the katie lush but i'm on facebook at lush living and you can find me there. I'm, I mean, I'm around. I'm on social media. So if anybody writes me, I will definitely write you back. And I just think it's a really fun community. So I enjoy it. Fabulous. And I will also leave links on the show notes as well. Oh, wonderful. Thank you. Fabulous. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Fit and Fabulous. Remember to sign up for the free handout, Three Easy Steps to Weight Loss for Busy Mums. If you enjoyed today's podcast, I'd be super grateful if you could help me grow my podcast by telling a friend about it. Have a lovely day and see you next week. Bye-bye.